Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And my guest today is a three-time best-selling author and was named the top motivational speaker in 2022 in Yahoo Finance. He's a speaker, a founder, and a CEO of Common Goal, which I'm sure we'll talk more about here in the, uh, in the episode. Uh, he uses the STEP system uh, and he's able to lead clients through, you know, through their trauma. Once they make it through, that is where their, uh, their limitless potential lies. He's been featured in Brains Media, Sway, and Authority Magazine. Nick Prefontaine, welcome to the show. Josh, I've been looking forward to this since I saw it on my calendar a few weeks back, so I'm looking forward to diving in and getting this conversation started. Absolutely, for sure, man. You've got a, quite the uh, the bio here, and I'd love to get into, you know, one thing you, you mentioned uh, that I noticed when I was doing some research on you is you say, I inspire and lead you through your trauma. And that really hit me because I know I've heard so many, um, you know, men and women in our industry and business owners that have gone through trauma in their lives. And sometimes they get defined by it. They're held back by it. It becomes their identity. It becomes the reason why they can't do the thing that they want to do, or they use it as an excuse that, man, this happened to me, so I can never be this. And I wanted to talk deeper into this with you is, you know, how do traumas hold us back and how do you help people and lead them through their traumas? And I think that's probably best told by telling your story first and kind of giving us a sense of who you are and how you got to where you are. Sure. Yeah. Happy to. And, um, one, one quick thing I find is, uh, that, and this is at least my own experience that, uh, when you're getting started in business and when you're, when you're just trying to start a new business, it's, it could be a trauma, life challenge, or it's starting a new business like uh, you and I have talked about offline. But uh, when you're doing that, it's almost like you don't want anyone to know yeah. like that anything serious happened to you. And it's actually the farthest thing from the truth because once a mentor reflected back to me that I should be sharing my story with people, the world of potential and possibilities opened up for me. So, Love that. um, yeah, get started. Everyone, everyone always asks me how how I got started, and it always goes back to that fateful day back in two thousand three. I was at ski club with my friends, uh, Wachu Simone. We were there, and uh, I was getting ready on the bus because all my friends and I brought our gear onto the bus so we wouldn't miss a precious moment once we got to the mountain. Getting ready, I noticed that I forgot one thing that I usually brought to that mountain. Not every time I snowboarded, but usually I had it there and that was my helmet. I didn't think anything would happen. You know, nothing ever did. So I would just be careful. We got to the mountain, headed straight for the chairlift. And then on the ride up, uh, we noticed that it was very uh, icy because it had been raining. People were wiping out everywhere. 
needless to say, though, it wasn't our first time on a snowboard. We knew uh-huh. what we were doing. So actually, on the chairlift going up, it went right over the train park, and I was like, oh, that's it. That That's what I'm doing. I'm going on. I'm hitting the biggest shop in the train park. That was my... That was my motivation right there as soon as I saw it. So I got to the top, buckled into my snowboard, took a breath of that crisp winter air, and confidently charged towards that jump with all my speed. And going into the jump, I caught the edge of my snowboard on the snow, and that kind of threw me off balance. That was the last thing that I remember. Hmm. I was told that I landed on my head, and I wasn't wearing a helmet. Um... I was also told, and this is something that I, this is several things that I learned after the fact, um, that my goggles were the only protection that my head had. So I didn't have a helmet on, but the goggles that I had protected um, me embraced my fall every time I hit uh, the site because I kept rolling and kept hitting. Wow. So they would move into place, um, I guess you could say uh, incidentally or coincidentally or not so coincidentally, uh, depending on what you believe. There were several things, that being one of them, that broke for me, that broke right for me that day. And the reason why I'm standing here, the other one, one of the other ones, was there was probably six to eight paramedics in the area, um, ENT staff. And there was only one of them that could intubate on the spot. And I needed that to be able to breathe. Oh. He was one of the paramedics that showed up to the mountain that day. Then the third thing, I got to the hospital and I was in the intensive care unit in a coma, um, unable to communicate with anyone. And each time the doctors would come into my room the, in the intensive care unit to share updates. And at least early on, Joshua, it, it was more negative and more negative and more negative because they had to, as doctors, set the expectation, of course, and uh, for liability reasons and everything. And my parents, I was very fortunate. They didn't allow them to share that information in front of me because they understood that even though I was in a coma, that I was still taking information. So they made them step outside the room, and when they got outside the room... That's when they told my parents that, look, he's even if he comes out of his coma, he's probably not going to be able to walk, talk, or eat on his own again. This is something that I say I was fortunate that my parents made them step outside because them doing that and taking this action allowed me to just treat it like any other situation. So as soon as I was aware of my surroundings and the work that was left in front of me, I I got up, did the best that I could, and I kept getting better every day. And I really think that that support was instrumental in laying the foundation for the rest of my recovery. Now I didn't I didn't realize it at the time. Um, however, I was utilizing or I utilized a system to not only make a full recovery, but run out of the hospital. And that's a STEP system. So STEP is an acronym, support, trust, energy, and persistence. 
um, like like I said, support is so important. You have to make sure that you have the support of your family and friends right at the beginning. I'll just give you like a 10,000 foot view. And then if anyone's interested, I can let them know where to go and download the uh, the free ebook step, which details the whole thing. But uh, you got to make sure that you have the support of your family and friends right from the beginning. Uh, this frees up so much of your mental energy, Joshua, to um, focus on accomplishing your objectives. And then T in step is trust. You have to trust that once you take your first step, the next step, your next step will always be available to you as long as you as long as you trust it, follow it. And it also goes back to you gotta trust that calling that you have inside of yourself and that that voice in the back of your head, um, some call it your conscience. I, you have to trust that. Like just just for an example, when I was after my accident and when I was during my recovery, my parents said, this even before I could talk, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make sure Nick has a full recovery and he's able to walk out of the hospital. I heard in the back of my head that, no, you're going to run out. And that became our common goal uh, for me to run out of the hospital. Um, E is energy. You have to make sure that you have your energy. So maintaining your energy um, enables your body to really heal itself and be available and be the best that you can for other people. If you don't have your energy, how can you how can you expect to get better yourself? Not only that, but help other people accomplish their goals. Yep. P is persistence. Um every day. Get up. Every day that you get up, just keep getting up every day and taking that next step, no matter how small. So by continuing to move forward, you are building an unstoppable momentum. And that was that was a system that I used unknowingly to run out of the hospital. So I want to take a deep breath there and uh, just allow us to have a conversation here. So, so it's not, not just me talking the whole time, Joshua. No, I'm loving it. So, I mean, you're doing a great job so far and uh, just following your story along here. So how long were you in the hospital in total? So I was in, I was in a coma in the ICU for three weeks. I was in a coma for three weeks. I don't remember a month. However, after, after that month went by, I first started having my memories um, of the hospital. And originally I was transported to the third floor, which was reserved for the most critical of cases. And I really, it's hazy, if anything. I hardly have any memory of the third floor because they were in the process of taking me off of all the drugs and medication from a partially induced coma. So I still had a long road to go. I was I was in a coma partially induced because they were afraid that from the impact alone, I was out, they said, for seven or 10 days just from the impact. My head was my head was swollen, and as you can imagine, from that impact without a helmet, and they were afraid that when I woke up from that, I would panic and worry about what, where am I? Who are you people? What happened? And then the swelling, which had already, it, there already was swelling, my brain would increase, and I I would die. So they had to mm. induce me into a coma. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. 
And so, all right, so you've gone through this horrific snowboard accident. You've come out the other side. You've, you know, you, you've, without even knowing it, created a system in order to get there, right? You're running out of the hospital. What happens next? I mean, like, what, how do you start your life back over again? What age are you at this point? Like, uh, how does that look? Sure. So I was 14 when I, uh, when I got into the accident. So I was in eighth grade. The after, because of all the time that I missed uh, in school, about, about three months, a little less than three months of time, I had to get tutored. Um, I would go into school because they were still in session, but then I would have to meet with my tutor uh, during the day to help get me caught up. I was able to, um, like, I'll just take you through a day, like a standard day for me after I got home from the hospital. I would get up in the morning and then I would go to school for probably that 9 to 11 window. And then I would have lunch with my classmates. And I love that I yeah. because that, that, that was the best part of my day. Um, and then my mom would come and pick me up and I would go to outpatient therapy. Uh -huh. So I still had to go to outpatient therapy for another six months, along with being tutored all summer long in order to continue on to high school with the rest of my classmates. Wow. And That's... really looking back on it, it's a little surreal that only 18 months after finishing outpatient rehab, I uh -huh. was knocking on the doors of distressed sellers that have received the notice of default letter from the bank. Um, in other words, pre-foreclosure. Pre -for no. All pre-foreclosure means is that they're behind on their payments. They've, they've missed several payments or really this was back in 2005 and 2006. So really uh, some people even missed 10 to 12 payments and the bank still hadn't foreclosed. So I would, I would go out and knock on their door and um, I really wasn't, I really wasn't seeing success in the beginning. So I really, they didn't tell me how to do it. They just gave me a script and where I could go find these notice of default doors. And this is my dad uh, when I say they. Uh, okay. He had a real, so Nick, real estate. Before we get deep into this, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still, until you're 14, you, you're 14, 15, probably getting out of, yeah. um, out of the hospital. You're, you're tutoring, you're going through, you're getting out of high school. Uh, and then how did you, was it your dad that introduced you to real estate and started to go that direction? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so got it. I started after, and I, I may have, I may have jumped too fast there, but, um, for maybe, for maybe the listeners, but, uh, my dad, I was always in, involved in real estate. So my, I grew up in a, a family real estate business. So okay. my dad was a builder when I was young. Uh, then he was a realtor and an investor and really a realtor and investor all the way through my life in one fashion or the other. So I was always around real estate and I never wanted to, I never really wanted to do it until I reached about 15, 14, 15, right after my accident, I started reading books in his library. And uh, the first book that got me interested was Cashflow Quadrant by uh, Robert Kawasaki. And that yep. that kind of got the started the fire going. And I came to him and I asked him, I, I said, How can I help? How can I get involved? And he at that time was um starting the process of having people having bird dogs go and knock on the doors of these notice of default doors so that's how i that's how i started that's why i got involved nice that's so cool 
Yeah. And then, um, so if you fast forward a little bit, um, after doing that and I, I started out and I really wasn't, I really wasn't having success and, uh, I would just approach people and they gave me a script, but then, uh, my cousin and I flew out to California to shadow the number one person in the country. Uh, his name was Colin at the time that was having success with these notice to default doors. And once I saw his technique and there are so many, there was such a nuanced approach to it and how different it was from mine, I immediately changed my approach and I started seeing success. So I did that all throughout high school and then I graduated and uh, started starting to get my real estate license. And I was a realtor for full-time realtor for six years and then started helping my um, my dad, Chris, with all the properties that he was getting on terms. So buying non-conventionally without getting signing personally for bank loans or putting big down payments down. And then he was getting all these properties. He needed help with the marketing of yeah. those properties. And I was I was reluctant at first, Joshua. I was like, no, no, no. I got my own thing going on here. Uh -huh. I'm a realtor. I'm helping people buy and sell. I'm, I'm successful at it. And luckily he asked me a few times because the marketing turned into, all right, now what are we going to do with all these buyers calling? And then that turned into working with the buyers. And then over the years, I've developed a buyer process, a very particular process that you have to bring a rent-to-own buyer through so that they will get to the end of their rent own agreement and they're going to be able to get their own loan. That's awesome. That's really cool, dude. So you've gone into then real estate and, and getting into these these um, these systems now. How have you noticed, or I don't know exactly how this will out, but how do you notice that your trauma has has empowered you through this? You know, has it been something that has been kind of the foundation? I know it happened when you're young, of course, but I mean, have you gone back there to find you know, this limitless potential that you talk about, is it something that you go back and, and pull from or is it something that you felt held you back? How did you feel that that trauma played into your overall uh, story so far? Great question. So I don't, I don't usually even talk about this and this is, this is why it's a, it's a good dialogue that we're having back and forth and nothing, nothing's planned as you can see. Um, when I was a realtor, I had a coach who I was hiding, basically hiding my story and not telling people what happened to me. Excuse me, not telling people what happened to me and just being, oh, I do a good job and they, sh they should only help me because, or they should only want to work with me because I'm a good, a good realtor and I can help right. them accomplish their goals and everything. Once he told me that, um, it was really like a, a water, like a, like a faucet opened. Um, because once I was able to tell people, it was no longer about what I could, like, X, 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 Y, and Z, what I could help them do. It was, oh my gosh, this happened to me. And, and um, they could really relate to me. And really the walls came down and then it, it was easier. It became easier to help them. Um, so really, it, it's very interesting. And then... If you fast forward, if you fast forward a few years after that, I launched uh, Common Goal, which is the company that I relate to and lead people who have, are going through a trauma, life challenge, or crisis, help lead them through um, the other side using the step system, and that's where the limitless potential lies. So I think that's 
that's what you were, that's what you were asking about, right? It was now. So if I was a, a person listening and I had gone through a physical trauma and accident somehow stabilitated like you were, or even partially more, whatever, like in my life. Yeah. What are some things that you would take me through? You don't have to give away the, the secret sauce, of course, but the point is like, what would you do? How would the process look in order to bring somebody through and have that trauma become their, uh, you know, the, the source of their limitless potential? So here's the thing. Um, there's no like, um, there is no secret sauce. Um, by the way, I I share willingly with anyone that's going through this, and that's that's why I actually give away um, my step system in the ebook step on my website, and any of your listeners can go and download that for free. Uh, that's just my website, nickprefontaine.com forward slash step, and really, it's about applying the step system. Uh, to their situation and their lives. Because once you put anything, any kind of experience into that framework, it's able to help you through it, help you see through the other side. And once you get through, that's where your limitless potential lies. So I have the, for the people that I work with, I have the the step system, the the step, the ebook, excuse me. Um, so they go through that and then that helps them better identify what their next steps are. And then if they want more um, with how they can apply this step system for their lives, I also have a video program, uh, the step video series, which is only $17, but it really helps them. You got to do the work. Like it's not just you pay $17 and then you're going to, you all your all your problems will be solved. You pay the seventeen dollars, and you get live for each letter. You get videos of support, trust, energy, and persistence that helps you identify your support, trust, energy, and persistence. And then coaching emails, um, additional coaching videos, and coaching workbooks. So uh, I'm really just trying to help the most amount of people that I can out there because I really feel that there's a there's a need for it. Um, there, no one's doing that. And all throughout my life, I've always, like, hands down, whenever someone has a trauma or an accident or anything, everyone's always like, oh, you gotta, you got to talk to Nick. And I always naturally gravitate towards those people. And I've done it for years. I've unconsciously shared my stepsystem with them to help yeah. them through their trauma and get through to the other side and thrive with the rest of their lives. I, I've done it for free my whole life. And now working with my mentor over the past few years has really helped me articulate it and broke it down into a system uh, that support trust, energy, and persistence, and also start my company Common Goal, which we help we help people through their challenges. Oh, I love that dude. And I love that you've taken something that could have completely stopped somebody and said, you know what? No, I'm going to actually give this away. What I've learned to create the process, let's see how many people can possibly help. And instead of being like, oh, that's $10,000 to get in, you're like, dude, it's 17 bucks. And I got a bunch of free stuff because it's more about the service of it all, right? Than it is anything else. And, and giving the gift that God's given to you and, and to be able to give it away. And it's, that's really cool. I appreciate that. So um, so if people are out there are, are dealing with traumas or have had those traumas in their life, what are three things they could be doing now? You know, maybe it's a part of the step system. Maybe it's 
something totally different. But what are three things they could be doing now to to, to become empowered from that trauma and not have it something that defines them or holds them back? So I would say starting, I look at everything literally my entire life. Like whenever I'm whenever I'm approaching a new challenge or anything, I since we developed this set system a few years ago, um, I really see everything. I see life through that lens. Uh-huh. So I would say if anyone's going through a trauma or is recently going through a trauma, um, first identify your support. So make sure you have the support of your family and friends. Uh, like I talked about earlier, it frees up so much of your mental energy. And uh, the reason you want to do this is you don't want to be focusing on, well, I wonder what their motives are, why they're here, why they're helping me. If you really get everyone, and it doesn't have to be a, a team of 20 people, but if you get a few people on your side initially, um, just a few people that are committed to you, uh, that that's why I usually stick to tight family and friends, then that allows you to focus all of your energy on what you have to do every day and just keep getting up every day and taking your next step. Um, that That's 100% what it's about. Um, if you're asking for three, I would, I would break this down by trust. So you get a trust. I know it's easier said than done when you're going through it. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to follow the advice of this doctor or of this therapist. But at that point, you don't really have a choice. You have to trust every day that they're giving you the right information, um, and they're in it for you to make that to make that full recovery. And that's why it's important to share your common goal with everyone that you're working with, uh, doctors, therapists, nurses. That that's what I did when I was going through my experience. And then finally, I would say persistence. So. You just, at, after you line them up in that order, so you get your support, you get your trust. As long as you have those two accomplished, you just keep getting up every day and taking your next step. Uh, that's the P of the step system, the persistence. Um, but I think as long as you get your foundation established early on, there's really nothing that can stop you. That's true. I love that. And and persistence is the key to just about everything, right? Because uh, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. You're and right. Ford said it best, right? So now it's a matter of taking a look at your life and saying, what can I be more persistent at? Maybe it's a matter of if you want to grow a business or you want a, a relationship in your life or whatever it might be. How can I persistently work each and every day toward that goal? Right. Because it's not something oftentimes you see stuff in movies where, you know, that the guy was, you know, living in a box and a week later he's got a mansion, like this big, massive shift in no time, which doesn't really ever happen. It's usually years and years and years of hidden struggle that gets you from where you were to where you want to go. Right. But to your point earlier is having a clear idea of where that might be. Saying it out loud, say, this is where I want to go. This is my destination. And now we've got to work persistently each and every day to get to that point. You know, it can be that way in business. It can be that way in life. If you want to buy a certain house or you want to do a certain thing to have that persistence each and every day, I call it the two millimeter principle where each and every day we work to get just two millimeters better, uh, further, uh, in four main categories, which is faith, family, fitness, and finance. Those four in that order to work each and every day, just two millimeters of growth. 
And over time, like snow, it accumulates. And eventually you're sitting on top of something that is so much more than what you started 365 days earlier. And that's the thing, because the human soul wants progress. The human soul wants growth. The human soul wants to keep moving forward. And no matter what the trauma is, you've already proven that even when doctors said you're never going to walk, you're never going to talk, you may not wake up, um, you've now proven them wrong. And you said, well, yeah, because I wasn't told that story, I've created a different story. Now, how's, this is how, here's how we're going to do it. And not just that, then you're going to come out and thrive in real estate. And, you know, tell me more about, you know, what real estate looks like for you now and how you've gone from, you know, a coma into this situation now where I imagine you're doing pretty well with that. How's that working out? Yeah, thank you. Just just a couple of uh, things that were bubbling up. I didn't I didn't know how long we would because I, I tend to get going and I just I just go and, and uh, share my story. I, I didn't realize um, I'd have the time to share this. Uh, my parents had affirmations all over my room. Nice. So even when I first got in the coma, uh, once I came out of the coma, they were the only thing I could see. And it wasn't like I could get up and walk out of my room. So everywhere I looked, with each day, I'm getting stronger and stronger. Oh, um, like literally everywhere I looked, I, I saw it and I couldn't get away from it. So that was that was so, one of the things that, uh, that my parents did early on. I'm going to pause you there for a second, Nick. It's kind of funny because I just got off, uh, I shoot podcasts in blocks, so a couple of them at a time. Uh, with different people. And this morning I was on with, with a gentleman who was talking exactly about affirmations. And he's like, you know, first of all, just write down affirmations. And if you see them coming up as negative, like I'm not a great dad or something like that, strike that out and say, I am a great dad. And, you know, because the two most powerful words in the human language is I am. And whatever you fill in that blank with afterward is what you become, right? So with that being the case, he had that. And he said, all right, now, if you want to go one step further, he says, actually go through and put your voice memo open on your phone and speak them alive, right? Make them real that way. So I love that your parents are putting affirmations around the house because you look at that and you start, whatever you see around you, you start believing is true. And especially in that kind of a traumatic experience, this come out and you could just go into the, to the negative and say, oh man, I'm going to be, you know, whatever, messed up forever, or maybe never walk or whatever. But when it's, when you're saying I'm going to run out of that hospital and and you have these affirmations all over the place. I imagine that made a big impact in your recovery. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very I'm very fortunate. I mean, I've heard I'm very fortunate to uh, have the family and have my parents all the support that I had. I'm very fortunate of that. Um, I've also heard when I've said that people said, "Yeah, but you're the one who had to get up and do the work like every day." What? There is some truth in that. Yeah, I understand that. But the, my support network was um, second to none. I'm, I'm really blessed uh, yeah. by that. So, Makes a big difference, for sure. Yeah, not to uh, not not to evade your question. Um, you asked you asked me what we have going on in real estate right mm -hmm. now. Um, well, it used to be. So this is interesting because back when I first started getting involved, and I got involved in 2000. To end of 2014 um, and into 2015 with helping my dad with the marketing of the properties, um, then working with all the buyers. And when I first did that, it was really my income as a realtor was up here. A realtor was up here and it, with him, I was making, it was like 10 or 20% of my income. And over the next year, that shifted where it just didn't make sense for me to keep my license anymore. Mm -hmm. Um it really didn't make sense. And almost almost like you doubled down and uh, 
you work with what you have. And I kept seeing this same theme come up. We would have buyers that would get to the end of their agreement and they would have trouble. Um, so that that's the whole reason that I developed the buyer process because it, there's like a very particular process that we have to put the buyer through. Um, like they have to do a down payment. We do heavy pre-qualifying up front to make sure that Yes, in fact, they they can be successful and they can afford the home. Um, and because we do those key elements up front and we fully understand it, uh, we're getting to the end of our rent-to-own agreements, just to give you some percentages. So we're seeing probably 80, and 80 to 90% of our rent-to-own buyers be able to qualify for their own loan when they get to the end. Nice. Where the industry average is actually opposite of that. Um, only 10 or 20% of uh, most investors, buyers are being able to get their own loan. And there are, there are, there are gurus and teachers who teach it from stage and says, Hello. if they can't buy it or they default, uh, have a party. It's good. Do it again. Get them out and take another down payment. Yeah. So we really have an altruistic uh, view, I guess you could say, of wanting to have our buyers succeed, and then we succeed, the buyers succeed, and the, the seller that we do the deal with, however we buy the home, subject to, with owner financing, or a lease to own, a rent to own agreement, uh, they're able to, it'll, they're able to cash out and 100% move on with their life. It started out when I started helping my dad with all of our properties. Uh, we have pre-COVID, just to give you an idea, we had anywhere from 50 to 60 properties. Um, literally, it has shifted. Now we're down our our personal inventory, like our family business. We're down to probably 13 or 14, uh, where now my time is not spent in working with our buyers. It's spent working with our associates' buyers and our associates that we have all over the country to basically replicate the same business that uh, we have here locally in the New England area and have them be able to help buyers and sellers themselves. Got it. No, that sounds good. And I love that you're you're tracking in a better, more, uh, let's just say, tenant-friendly way, you know, because a lot of the rent-to-own to stuff is they know they're not going to eventually get it. So they're, they're, they don't really pre-qualify. They're just like, all right, this sounds like a good idea for you. Let's do the rent-to-own agreement. They get excited. They have a few years, they fall off, and then they just grab it and do it again and over and over and keep rinse and repeat. Or I love that you guys are more focused on making sure through better um, you know, screening and all that and pre-qualifying that they're actually going to be ready for it so that they can realize the dream of home, home ownership over time. So I, I applaud you for that. That's really nice to do for the, for the community in general. Um, I know a lot of listeners out there might be thinking like they've probably heard before where, you know, real estate's a great way to invest and, uh, you know, but I know a lot of us, including myself in the very beginning was like, where the hell am I going to get the money to start that? Like, how am I even going to get close to, to investing in real estate? I love the idea of having, you know, cash coming in and mailbox money, right? Every month money coming in, but how do you even get started with that? And, you know, it's... I, I share the the adage in the way that we got into it was that, you know, each project, each year, each month, however you're breaking it up, you put like 10% of your, your profits away. You keep putting money away, putting money away, scroll it away. And eventually, just like the two millimeter principle, you'll have some money sitting there and nothing gets started in the game. And the nice part is that that's your ticket out of owning your job because most people in business own their jobs. 
So if you can put money away each month, each year, 10% is a target, maybe more, maybe a little less, something, and start investing that in assets like real estate. Real estate gives you potential cash flow depending on how you set it up. It also will give you the opportunity to um, to depreciate and get better tax incentives that way. Plus the asset, the real estate itself, hopefully if you bought it right, will appreciate and become more, you know, worth more each and every year. Uh, so that keeps up with inflation and all those things. So there's so many benefits to it. Plus then you get the opportunity to serve other people by creating, you know, great housing for them. So there's so many benefits to it. The government has a tax code lined up very well for this. Uh, but oftentimes it's, well, yeah, that sounds great, Josh. Well, you know, do real estate, people talk about real estate, but how the hell does it impact me? Well, it can, because I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad 20 some years ago, you know, from Robert Kiyosaki. And it, it really started opening up that idea in my head, like, wait a minute here. So what would it be like if we got enough money each month to pay our bills coming through the mailbox because we made a couple of good choices over a period of time and kind of going in that direction, what would that look like? And so, you know, I'm a, a nonstop curious guy. So I, yeah, I said, let's try it. Let's do it. And, you know, we, we got through it and, and did great with it. But it's it because we started saving in order to be able to do it and then realized that we could use other people's money to do it and all that shifted too. But uh, I just love that you're doing stuff for people in their, their own space because there's so many who want to own a home but don't have the monies down to do so. And this gives them that opportunity. And I love that you're keeping that center of the, the playing field here, not just how can we take advantage of these people and make sure they don't actually get where they want to go and just make sure we do. Yeah, we're giving we're giving them every opportunity to succeed. Um, and something I meant I mentioned earlier about going through a, a trauma or life challenge, like I offer I offered the step system for free and the, the step video course for only seventeen dollars. Same thing with our rent to home program and the buyers that we work with. Like we have the path. We have the proven path that you have to go on to be able to, over the course of two, two to three years, and some uh -huh. actually a lot of the time it's bought less, we have that path set up and we know what you need to do to be able to be successful and get your own loan. Uh -huh. However, we're not going to do the work for you. Uh, so you you have to do the work. Yeah. I'm 100% on that. Yeah, it kind of stinks, right? You. Most people are looking for a fast, quick way to do stuff. And guys, I hate to tell you that if you want anything that's going to last, you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and get the work. That's always what it is. And oftentimes we've had people on the podcast and one of them quotes it as the dark journey, the work that you got to do when no one's watching in order to get to where you want to go. And that's the kind of stuff you either sign up for if you want to be successful or don't sign up for if you don't want to get successful and just go play the lottery and see if that works out for you. The reality is if you want to have any opportunity for this kind of, uh, you know, financial freedom or the opportunity to own by through a rent to own a model, it's, you're going to have to just get out there and get the work done. Or if you want to go through a program like this and grow, it's going to take the work. There's no, no one has it. They might have it set up in a step-by-step -step process, but the process needs to be executed and that's on you. That's the way the world works. There's no free meals here. You got to work for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we feel that there's, there's too many people out there teaching and training that it is that it either that it is easy. It is, uh, they buy it and flick a switch and money starts coming in their bank account or alternatively, they're like, yeah, who cares if, if they fail and they're not able to just kick them out and do it again. It, it's like, it just it doesn't sit right with us. 
Yeah. Uh, that's why we want everyone to be successful. And we have we have testimonials for days from our rent-to-home buyers just that they're so happy in their home uh, that we were able to give them a path towards home ownership. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. So if people are listening and they're interested in the rent-to-own model or in your books, your free books or your any of your courses, how do they find you? Yeah. I knew I, I told you for a reason, Josh. Uh, Josh, the... Um, the free book, yeah, we do. We do have a uh, free book for all of your listeners. If they mm-hmm. go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Joshua three, um, they can get a copy of the new rules of real estate investing. And I'm a co-author on that. It's my dad, my brother-in-law Zach, um, and myself. And it, we'll get that out free to them. 100% free. Uh, when I say free, like when they opt in, we don't ask them for a credit card for shipping or anything. We'll we'll send it out 100% free for them. Um, and then also, um, if there's anything that I mentioned about real estate that does pique anyone's interest, um, the whole buying and selling on terms, uh, then go to our website, smartrealestatecoach.com. If you scroll down a little bit, you can get registered for a free master's class. And in it, you're going to be able to learn all about our trademarked free payday system, um, how we can we get paid up to three times on a deal instead of just once, where like if you're a realtor or a wholesaler, sell a house, make some money, sell a house, make some money. It's you can get paid up to three times on a deal. Um, once you get signed up for that master class, you're also going to learn how we buy and sell on terms. I was only able to cover just a fraction of, um, of the detail, but you'll be able to learn all about that. And if by the end, um, it does interest you, you'll be able to make a decision at the end to take the next step. Uh, it's not a good fit for everyone. And we get that not promising to be everything to everyone. Um, but if it makes sense for you, you'll be able to take action at the end. Cool. Well, I certainly appreciate you, Nick, coming on and sharing your story and sharing what you're up to and how you've turned that, uh, that trauma into limitless potential now with family business and real estate. And, you know, you've, you've had quite the ride so far. So, uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah. I had a blast, Joshua. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So guys out there listening, uh, you can go to the, to what he mentioned and get his, his free stuff. Take a look. See if it fits you. And if so, get started with it. It could completely change the direction of your life. So guys, until next week, signing out.